You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. It was long awaited and highly anticipated, but a fiery debate continues about what the Mueller report actually said. On April 30th, the Washington Post sat down with Representative Adam Schiff and Representative Mark Meadows and some of the top Post journalists who have been covering the story for the last two years. Supporters of the president say that the Mueller report completely exonerates Mr. Trump. But does it? In this segment, Representative Mark Meadows explains the GOP strategy for handling future implications of the Mueller report. Let's listen. Good morning again. I'm Bob Costa, political reporter here with The Washington Post, joined now by Congressman Mark Meadows, co-founder, leader of the House Freedom Caucus, a conservative group inside of the House of Representatives from North Carolina, one of President Trump's closest allies and confidants, someone who's very close to President Trump ever since the campaign. Thanks for being here today. It's great to be here, Bob. It's good to be with all of you. I started off with Chairman Schiff talking about the president's refusal to comply with certain requests to block the Deutsche Bank records from going to Capitol Hill. You spent years battling President Obama, making sure the Obama administration was complying with Capitol Hill requests. Why should President Trump not comply? Well, I think as long as there's a legitimate legislative reason for those requests, uh, they'll find a great bipartisan support. I I can tell you that uh, when we had the child separation issue, Bob, as you well know, uh, I was one of the few Republicans that was willing to sign on with Elijah Cummings to get documents from this administration and willing to be tenacious in that. Uh, but we, we don't have to look too far uh, back in history to realize when we allow the power of the federal government to be an investigative tool uh, that has nothing to do with legislative priorities, uh, Andrew Mellon, if we look back, Coolidge, Andrew Mellon, uh, Roosevelt, it, it, it gives you a, a real different picture when you start to weaponize in that case the IRS, uh, but we need to make sure that we don't do that. and. And as we look at this particular event, uh, if it has legitimate legislative concerns, uh, one of the areas where Adam Schiff and I will agree, uh, I'm all for making sure that we can get as many redactions removed as possible. Uh, I've been very strong in that uh, with this particular uh, DOJ, as you well know. In fact, uh, the Mueller report is less redacted than some of the other documents that I've been looking for for the last two years. So maybe Adam will join me in uh, in asking for those to be unredacted as well. You use the term weaponized, referencing the president's tax returns and the IRS. Why why, why isn't it a legitimate question to try to seek more information about the president's finances? Those are about events that happened prior to him being the president of the United States. You know, some of the... But isn't it of public interest? Well... But the public made a decision on November of 2016 that apparently that didn't matter. I mean, that, I mean, there was a mandate at that particular point. If we're talking about the tax returns for the president, they made a decision in November. And to suggest that now we have to go back and, and look at some of those uh, personal tax returns and, and that it's Congress's job to do that, to go back, that's more opposition research than legislative priorities. Well, based on the Mueller... I can tell you don't agree, so go ahead well, and ask a, It's not that I don't agree. I'm, as a reporter, you always want to ask further questions. Sure. Don't you believe there are further questions about the president's finances, his interests abroad, what he's working on? You mean that we haven't found in the last 
three years of a counterintelligence investigation that started under Obama or that we didn't find in the last two years under Bob Mueller? I mean, how long do we investigate these things, Bob, and, and, and do we continue to go down? I, I can tell you, uh, with all due respect to Adam, with his committee and his staff, does he really think that he's going to find something that $30 million with Bob Mueller didn't find? Well, Robert Mueller, the special counsel, had a very narrow mandate. So the Congress So you've seen the scope? I've not, I've just, we know that Mueller was supposed to in, in, uh, investigate Russian interference. Congress but, but, wants to go beyond that. And anything that related out of, out of that. I mean, obviously, some of the referrals he made had nothing to do with Russia interference. And so he looked well beyond that in terms of the scope. Now, when we, when we look at the scope of this particular investigation to suggest, uh, we, we know that the DOJ was looking uh, at, at oligarchs and at, at organized crime. Uh, they, they have that ongoing. And so we know that they're investigating that. So, so any suggestion that this president hasn't been investigated doesn't correlate with the facts. So you want to move on? From the investigation. No, well, I, what I want to do is is have a full, transparent investigation, and moving on, and moving on, and moving on is part of that. But the the genesis of how this got started, so how, how did it get started? I mean, you know, for all of them, I mean, how did it get started? And and what what I'm, I'm so you want to investigate the origin of the investigation? Well, I think more. if we've weaponized, if we've weaponized, I certainly do want to investigate. And, and, and where, where does that lead? Well, improper, improper, in my the, opinion, surveillance of well, individuals. Let's, let's pause there. Improper surveillance, yeah. that's your term. The Attorney General, William Barr, said spying. Used the term spying. Yeah. Where is the evidence for spying? It's normal for the Department of Justice to use surveillance to investigate foreign powers. Where does this charge term of spying come from? Okay, so so at, at what point do we start to look? So let's let's look at the FISA application. You can say, well, we've we've investigated uh, uh, Carter Page. We we surveilled him, and somebody can 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 look at that. But we also know that there was other surveillance that was going on, and the question is, what do you is, mean by that? Was was it properly predicated? I mean, how do we know that that General Flynn lied? How would you know? He admitted to lying. <laughs> prior to that, prior to that, how would you know? I mean, how did the FBI know? I mean, how did the FBI know? And so, and so let's, well, let's get to it. So what was the source? They actually, they actually had his conversation with a Russian. How would they get their conversation with a Russian? Well, as Chairman Schiff said, we have not seen the full FBI counterintelligence. Yeah, but we don't have to go there. The Mueller report actually has that. That says that actually the reason why General Flynn, why they knew that, they knew what he said. How did they know? That's, that's a legitimate question that we needed to ask. Do you ever step back and wonder about the erosion of trust in sure. American institutions, especially sure. the Justice Department? Sure. Because you have been probably the fiercest Critic. Critic of yeah. the DOJ yeah. in, the, in the last two years. Yeah. Do you worry for the country that the country is losing faith in institutions like that? Well, I, I do. I, I think we have to restore that. I think part of this in restoring it is a, a critical component of what we have to do is, is make sure that we get to the bottom of it 
and and that we hold people accountable. And and I'm I'm certainly uh, well. The FBI does have a uh, an inspector general investigation. Right. Who's who, and and Inspector General Horowitz is has been and is continuing to do uh, you know his review of of what went on whether it was proper or not. Will you accept whatever the IG concludes? Sure. I mean, you, you, I, listen, I accepted the last IG's report. Michael Horowitz, uh, in my mind, uh, calls balls and strikes. And uh, uh, the IG, as you know, comes under our, our committee. And, and so as we look at that, I think the, the key component of that is uh, not only what he, what he finds, but I think uh, A.G. Barr is going a little bit further than that uh, to make sure that uh, uh, areas outside of what the I.G. is looking at, that they're looked at as well. Because the I.G. can only look at DOJ, FBI. Was it a mistake and, for the, the Attorney General to use that phrase, spying, before the I.G. has completed its report? No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so at all. I mean, obviously, he was asked the question, you know, you know, we can sit here and look at it, but members of Congress, uh, in that case, it was the Senate, asking questions, and, and A.G. Barr responded to that uh, in the best way. Uh, Doesn't that risk politicizing the entire department by having that kind of phrase being uttered? So you him? would rather him give false testimony? No, but that, well, I mean, that's he, not what, it's not what I want. It's that the phrase like that leads many people to think he's... So has you, pr so has you, President Trump's interests or perspective. So you, you have proof that there was not spying. I don't have proof about anything. All I know is that there's an FBI counterintelligence invest investigation, and there was surveillance clearly of foreign powers. Right. And so the question is, is was that, well, not just foreign powers. I mean, obviously we were surveilling people that were U.S. citizens as well. I mean, you would agree with that. It's, the, I mean, it may have been predicated. On, on a legitimate request, but I think See, that's you, what we're looking at. You're raising at. questions about the way the Department of Justice operates. If they Conducted. see in interference in an election, what are they supposed to do? There's, they, based on our reporting, they pursued interests. They, they should give defensive questions. They should give defensive briefings. And, and, and indeed, that's what they should do. So if you have someone that is coming in and saying, listen, there's some bad guys over here on your campaign, or there's some people that your campaign is talking to, there should be defensive briefings that says, by the way, these are bad guys. I mean, we did that with somebody that came to my office. Well, there are office a lot of assumptions going on about, on the Republican side about the DOJ's intentions. And here's an example. Yeah. For, for years, over a year, you've had serious questions about Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Right. You called for Rosenstein, you, you drafted articles of impeachment. Right. Attorney General Sessions, you called at him along with other members of the Freedom Caucus at one point to resign, Attorney General Sessions. Right. Now, Attorney, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein is resigning with a positive letter for President Trump and leaving on good terms with President Trump. And it was just a few months ago you worried the DAG was a character in this whole situation I, I still, that wasn't listen working. I still have concerns Bob I mean about I mean, Rosenstein yeah I mean certainly I have concerns I mean Adam Schiff has concerns I have concerns what are your concerns it, about Rosenstein? well one of the concerns is 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 that we have credible evidence that he wanted to tape the president of the United States wear a wire we have that from from other individuals who wanted to do that I have I think he needs to answer those questions so I still have those those concerns that are there uh, I also He's denied doing that 
No, I, I agree. And so that's why I think that we need to hear from him. But I can tell you that James Baker and others that we've interviewed uh, disagree with Rod and believe that he was serious about those, uh, those comments. The president has continued to use phrases in recent days like coup, an overthrow of the government was attempted with the FBI in this investigation. Why does he use that kind of language? You know him better than anyone. Well, I don't know that I know him better than well, anyone. Well, in Congress, perhaps. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I know him from uh, my work in Congress and my, my discussions with him. I, I think what, what we see is, is from, May, from the time of firing of James Comey to the uh, uh, selection of Bob Mueller as the special prosecutor, those nine days or so in there. Uh, there were a number of things going on with, within the DOJ and FBI, some of which have been reported on, some of which have not. Uh, and when you, when you look at the motivations uh, and some of the, they, they prompt questions on, on what the motivations were. I mean, if you're looking at invoking the 25th Amendment and recording, the President of the United States secretly in the Oval Office, uh, you know, I don't nor normally think that those would be normal suggestions that would come from the Deputy Attorney General. So that language, coup, doesn't make you uneasy about sure, undermining I mean, American I, I, democracy? Listen, I, anything that undermines our democracy, uh, we need to, as the beacon of hope and democracy, to make sure that... But there's a difference between congressional oversight and tough questions from sure. Congress. Yeah. And then saying there's a coup, a coup d'etat, well, we think, of a, we of think of a coup in military terms, uh, and, and certainly this was not a military uh, uh, coup. At, at the same time, when you have people within uh, the administration trying to undermine uh, a particular uh, president, uh, it, it's a great concern. It, it should be. It should be to all of us. What's the future for the Department of Justice after these years of attacks? Yeah, I think the future is, is really bright in many ways because I, I believe that it is a small group of people within the FBI and DOJ that were involved in inappropriate uh, behavior. At least protocols were broken that need to be uh, established. I know I've talked to A.G. Barr and told him that one of the things I want to make sure happens is is that legislatively in a bipartisan way if there's protocols that we need to put in place to make sure that uh, any inappropriate behavior doesn't happen again uh, I'm, I'm all in and and yet at the same time to paint a broad brush that it was the entire FBI and DOJ that's inherently wrong and not accurate uh, you know I think you could get it down to a group of you know seven to ten people that broke protocol uh, and, and some, in my opinion, broke the law. When you look at the Mueller report yeah. and you read the second volume about possible obstruction of justice, right. there's a lot of instances of the president complaining about then Attorney General Jeff Sessions, complaining about Rod Rosenstein. You were a fierce critic, as we said, of these people inside of DOJ during the whole Mueller investigation. Did you ever personally worry that you, as a member of Congress, could be under investigation for obstruction reasons? No, I mean, I mean, uh, I, if, if anything, uh, even today, I continue to go that I want more of the information declassified for the American people to, to review. And maybe there will be a, a second Mueller report. 
that gets the unredacted side of things. I'm not for um, listing the grand jury information. I think that that undermines uh, that process. And, and I can tell you, you my think Republicans will protest any Democratic effort to get grand jury information? I think they will. I, I, I think the Democrats, in fact, I know the Democrats were having that same argument with many of us when we were looking at the genesis of this saying that that grand jury information is not something that that a republican member should uh, be allowed to see uh, we accepted that uh, early on before the the Mueller report came out and so even some of my democrat colleagues would see the the prudence of not allowing grand jury material uh, to be publicized but why doesn't congress have the right to see that grand jury information. Why would well, Republicans, in, in defense of the institution of Congress, join with Democrats to try to get that information? Well, because when you look at grand jury, it's the whole reason why we have grand juries, is so that you can go in and actually share information that, that may, in, in some lights, be very negative towards other individuals. Uh, but it's also, we don't have the benefit of of a cross-examination, you know, it, it's one person's story. I mean, in, in this Mueller report, when we look at this, we we look at this report, this is one, one group of individuals writing a report without the cross-examination, without the ability to look at things uh, very um, uh, questionably, and, and so it just pro provides just one narrative, and I think we've got to be concerned about that. Do you have a sense of who those people are? A sense of what people who, inside the grand jury report. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, other than what's been reported by Washington Post and others. Inside the House of Representatives, how is Leader McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy from California, handling your continued uh, attacks on the Department of Justice? Is he ever asking you to pull back? Is the leadership ever saying, Congressman Meadows, enough's enough? Well, I think there have been times in the past where where we've. Uh, where I've been asked, Jim Jordan and I have been asked to pull back. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't say that that's the case now. Uh, you know, you, you played a clip early on that, that uh, had Speaker Ryan talking about why he believed there was no collusion. You know, one of the interesting facts is, is on the classified side of things, I've made sure that I have not looked at anything classified. Uh, and, and what happens is, is we've been able to put uh, a lot of pieces of the puzzle together with non-classified documents, text messages, emails, and all of that uh, that would come together. Uh, and, and so pushing uh, where you at least have a number of questions that need to be asked, uh, that's been supported by, by Kevin McCarthy, continues to be supported. And uh, as we, we look at that, I think that it would be very healthy for America to, to make sure that not only uh, the end result of where we are with this Mueller report, but how it started uh, actually um, is known to everybody. Chairman and as a journalist, I'm sure you would want to know that. Chairman Schiff made some news here by making a criminal referral for Eric Prince. Yeah. People in the minority can make criminal referrals, can they not? They can. As you look at this Mueller report, Chairman Schiff looked at it, he made his own conclusion, he yeah. made a criminal referral yeah. on Eric Prince to the Department of Justice. As you digest the report, yeah. do you have any interest as a member of Congress, though in the minority, a member of Congress who has that power to make any criminal referrals yourself? Well, I mean, we certainly only want to make criminal referrals based on, on the evidence. I, I can tell you that there are uh, two or three individuals that we believe uh, could have potentially given false testimony to Congress. 
Uh, and, and we have been looking at that, reviewing not only the Mueller report, but uh, comparing those to transcribed interviews that may have happen, happened in Congress. That's really where normally people get crossed up is is that you you have a testimony that's given to Congress either sworn testimony or or testimony that's to be honest and then you find that other documents would suggest that that's not truthful uh, we, we believe there's a couple of individuals right now where you just said uh, two to three uh, yeah yeah uh, where Can you give us a little yeah I, sense I, of that because I, I, you know I are would, they people I would following your career and your statements are these people related to Fusion GPS or the dossier? Well, certainly. Uh, I mean, there's so who there's, are they? there's there's two of them. Uh, <laughs> there's two of them. Uh, I, you know, if if I shared it today, I'd be undermining a different reporter. So I better not do that. You can do that. Yeah, I know. I I, <laughs> I know you'd love me to do. It. I wouldn't do it to you, and I won't do it to them. So let's just pause that for there. You're saying House Republicans, you and others, are going to make your own criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. You expect to make at least two to three about people who you believe lied to Congress? Well, here's, here's typically what happens. You make, it's a memorandum, it's a criminal referral, it, it lays out the case why you believe that. I can tell you we did that early on with a couple of different individuals uh, with Rod Rosenstein. Those actually did get referred and, and are being investigated. Uh, additionally, and, and yet at the same time, I don't want to impugn someone's character without evidence. I will say that, uh, that for the for the most part it's their words uh, with uh, comparing to their words in another context and when you look at that uh, I do have great concerns on the on the role that uh, not just fusion GPS but those associated with it played early on and and how was that used or not used as it relates to this investigation uh, has the president been personally encouraging you to make these criminal referrals no no no, I mean, I don't know that it's uh, that it would be. Uh, have you spoken real, to him about it? I, I have not spoken to him about it from a criminal referral standpoint. Uh, you know, obviously, my my conversations with him, uh, I don't generally talk about. But I, I you know, for for you, Bob, in this audience, I'll be glad to. Well, let's get uh, into it. Uh, I, 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 I knew you would want to go there, so I'll be glad to do that. I think probably one of the biggest surprises that uh, a number of people would. Uh, be surprised to hear about is, is I think that the president truly on a lot of this uh, is in favor of, of less redactions, not more redactions. He's uh, stopping Congress on every request. Well, he's stopping uh, redactions and requests are two different things, and you know that. So let's. So which one do you want to talk about, redactions or requests? Well, you're you're trying to make the case that he's for disclosure of more parts of the Mueller report. So he may want to get rid of some of the redactions in the report, but that doesn't mean he suddenly open book about all these issues if he's putting his hand up and stopping Congress at every Well, time. I mean, uh, when you look at this, and you can make that argument, but I don't know that it's a valid argument. I mean, when, when I mean, we, we're we reading in the Mueller report some of the things that if he didn't want them to be out there, all he had to do is claim executive privilege. Executive privilege would have stopped uh, Reince Priebus from, from actually sharing anything. It would have probably stopped uh, Don McGahn from sharing anything. When you look at that, I mean, he could have very easily and legitimately exercised that right 
uh, as previous presidents have done. You're right. He could have asserted executive privilege and, he and prevented officials from talking and, and, to Robert Mueller. And he didn't. But now he's he told the Post last week he's leaning toward asserting executive privilege across the board with all these congressional. Well, I think I think really what it comes to, and and listen, I've been on on both sides of this issue from a standpoint of subpoenas and requesting additional information. Uh, the way that many of the subpoenas are being used right now, candidly, uh, are uh, for the vast majority of those uh, are unprecedented. I mean, I, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, we had Secretary Ross come in and testify, had thousands of documents being delivered to our committee as it relates to the citizenship question on the census, and yet a, a subpoena gets issued uh, very quickly even as documents were being delivered to Congress. And, and, and so these subpoenas, you have to understand, many of these subpoenas are 2020 subpoenas. They have nothing to do with legitimate legislative it's, ability. It, it is all- That's your perspective. You can have your it's, perspective. It's an accurate one, but go but, ahead. But the White House, you would acknowledge, is saying no thanks to almost all of these requests, the friendly subpoenas, the friendly- Well, we have, we have Mr. Klein coming in. Uh, He's coming in on tomorrow the on the security clearances. Uh, he's coming in. But but that's another prime example. I mean, he, willing to come in voluntarily. But that was a fight. The White House, Jim well, Jordan, your uh, colleague in the Freedom Caucus, urged the White House. No, 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 no. Let, let's make sure. Uh, yes, he did. But let's make sure we tell, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. I mean, the rest of the story is, is that he was willing to come in voluntarily. Then he got a subpoena which says that you've got to do this and this and this, when he was already willing to come in voluntary. The, typically, in both Democrat and Republican majorities in the House, if someone has been willing to come in voluntarily, they come in voluntarily. If you do not get what you want, then you go the subpoena route. To immediately jump when someone, as he was, was willing to come in voluntarily with Chairman Cummings, and then get a subpoena, why would you do that? Well, what would it's be Congress's right to do so. It is, it is not their practice. It is their right, but it is not their practice. And, and candidly, when you start handing out subpoenas uh, like candy to everything, it, it undermines the process, Bob. You know the president so well. Does he still believe that Russian interference in 2016 was a hoax? Well, I think I think he believes that Russian interference did not affect the outcome of the election, and it didn't. I mean, for uh, listen, guys. But does he accept the Mueller I mean, report? Do, you, do you accept the fact that a billion dollars was spent, and three hundred thousand dollars in Facebook ads is going to change the outcome of the election? Come on. The Mueller report. Oh, the oh. Mueller report details. Well, if that's the case, excuse me. If that's the case then what we need to do is make sure that Democrat and political operatives do only what the Russians did to make sure that they can win an election. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous you, to have that, that assumption. Do you accept what Robert Mueller detailed in the first volume of his report, that there was sweeping interference? Across, it wasn't just a few Facebook ads, as Jared Kushner said. It was across the board on so many different fronts. Well, do you accept that or not? I, I do accept a couple of things. Is, is so you don't accept the whole report? On no, no, I, I, on Russia conclusions. Well, uh, it, I've read I've read it through twice, and so if you want to get page and volume, I'll be glad to glad to go on what I accept and don't accept. Accept, but here's what I will say, Bob, is when when you have uh, a report that comes out, did the Russians interfere? 
Yes. Did they try to interfere? Yes. Is this the first time? No. All right. Are they the only ones that are trying to interfere? No. I mean, and when we look at that, do we have to take it serious? Yes. Uh, I'm one of the few members of Congress that actually reached out to Democrat colleagues immediately saying, all right, here's two bills that we have to put forth to make sure that not only Russians don't inf interfere, but Ukrainians, the Turks, the Chinese, no one interferes with our election process. We need to do that. And, and you know, you can check the record. You can see that, that not only have I been uh, upfront about that, but I've been very, very aggressive, uh, even uh, co-sponsoring and working on, on legislation in the House that's a companion to some of our presidential candidates. Chairman Schiff, on the Democrats. Talk through the impeachment question. Yeah. If impeachment ever did get to the floor in the House of Representatives, yeah. how many Republicans would support it? Uh, today, I zero. So President uh, and I don't want to say that, that complete. The minute I say that, I'll have that one or two Republicans strong. that say, don't speak for me. So I'm not speaking for, for all Republicans. I would be very surprised to find many Republicans willing to support uh, impeachment, primarily because the collusion narrative was not proven out. What about the obstruction aspect? Well, you know, again, you were asking about obstruction. Let me tell you the witnesses that I would pull in if I were going to case to defend the president of the United States. I would pull in James Comey, who said that the president didn't interfere with his investigation. I would, I would pull in uh, Dan Coats, who said that the president didn't interfere with the investigation. I would pull in uh, Mr. Rogers and, and say who would, who all in the Mueller report, all of this is in the Mueller report, who said that, that he did not interfere or impede the investigation. I'd pull in Rod Rosenstein, who said he didn't impede the, about, would you the support, investigation. Would you support pulling in Don McGahn to tell his story? Well, Don McGahn's story is there. It's for everybody to read. Don't, don't, all, don't all, the American all, people deserve to hear Don McGahn in his own words in public testimony? Well, I think you had quotes in there from Don McGahn. But, but as you know, we're here live on, on camera and TV. It tells a different kind of story than what's always in the newspaper. Shouldn't we hear from Don McGahn? Are you McGahn? saying the newspaper is not a valid source? No, of, uh, it's a very <laughs> valid source. So, so, but so, don't, don't we need to hear from Don McGahn? And don't I, members I, of Congress have a right to ask further questions than Robert yeah, Mueller did? Yeah, I... Well, we don't know what all Robert Mueller. But you just said you're going to pull all these people in for testimony. Why not no, Don I McGahn said if, as well? I said if I was going to defend. Well, for two reasons. One is, is based on my personal conversations with the President of the United States, I can assure you that if he wanted to fire Robert Mueller, he would have fired Robert Mueller. He's I, pretty I good. At, he's I appreciate pretty your good. word. Well, no, I want to hear it from McGahn, not from he, you. He's he's pretty he's pretty good. Wouldn't you agree that the president's pretty good at firing people? Well, he doesn't like to fire people directly, yeah. as we know. Yeah. But uh, I, the McGahn question is so key on obstruction, right? No, it's not. What, what, what did he obstruct? Bob, you tell no, me. What, I'm not, say, I'm not what, saying he what obstructed the, anything. I want to hear more from no, Don McGahn about the what, president's what is intent the, when he what fired. What is the crime asked to fire. that he obstructed? What's the crime? It's obstruction of justice. On, of it's what not, crime? I'm not saying it's a crime. I'm saying we want to hear more. Of what crime? You, you just said you want to hear more from, about the president's perspective. Well, I just understand the Republican resistance to hearing from Don McGahn. You know, I think we've heard from Don McGahn. And, In and, the report. And so here, here's the question, Bob. If we're going to do that, why, why would we not look at the crime? What is the crime that was committed? 
It's for Congress to investigate. That's, no. that's, that's the, not investigate for me to decide. what? To investigate the president's intent in these interactions with Don McGahn. And now, now, intent is not, you, you mean in terms of intent of obstructing? Correct. Instructing on what crime? What's the crime, guys? No, 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 no. You obstruct of an investigation of what crime? Well, it was an ongoing investigation. Of what? But it, but it completed. The investigation was completed. No, it was and ongoing even, when, the, when these... Even, hold on, even in the Mueller report... There are broad questions of abuse of power. It says that the president that, didn't that interfere with the investigation. In the Mueller report. In Bob Mueller's words. I'd, l I'd like to see this back and forth with uh, some testimony on Capitol Hill. But uh, final question, I just want to ask a political question because I'm a political reporter. Senator Tillis, is he, is he going to face a primary in 2020? He's had some clashes with President Trump. And are you going to primary, run a primary yeah, race? I, I can tell you that there is zero chance that I'm going to primary. Could you support a primary challenge, uh, Senator Listen, Tillis? it's not up to me to support. It's up to the people of North Carolina. Do I think he will have a primary? I do. You I do. do. I do a serious think, primary? I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's up to the people of North Carolina whether it's serious or not. But I, I, I do think he will have a legitimate primary opponent. You know, whether that actually happens, you know, certainly they would, we would have to know soon. Um, but, but I can tell you with 100% confidence, it is not me. Are you recruiting anyone to run against I, I'm not, no. Even informally? No, even informally. You know, don't try to make news in that way, but uh, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not. He's, he's obviously uh, our sitting senator, and, uh, and uh, you know, I fully expect that... Do you fully support him? I, I fully expect that he will be uh, uh, our senator after... 2020. You think he's going to win re-election, but you're I, not necessarily endorsing him. I, I, I don't know that a congressional endorsement, he's not asked me for one. I doubt that I would give a congressional endorsement to any senator uh, that it would matter. Mark Meadows, Congressman from North Carolina. Thank, thank, you. thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.